Welcome to the MMA Roadshow, episode number 321. My name is John Morgan, and Cold Coffee is with me mm. at the beautiful Casa de Cold Coffee. Yes. Slightly windy grounds today out here in uh, <laughs> beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. I know the the uh, capable staff is doing the best they can to shield us from the excess winds, but unfortunately there's only so much you can do when Mother Nature picks up. But it's it's a beautiful, beautiful May afternoon. Sands, the little bit of extra wind that's just kind of whipping things around. Winds of 25 miles per hour Ooh. is what it's showing, but a delightful 86 degrees Fahrenheit. you got to like that. Or a 30 degrees Celsius for all you that use that other magical Nobody uses weather. Celsius, Nobody. right? Fahrenheit has really got to be the dominant I mean, temperature around the world. it's literally everywhere in the world. I think everybody says Fahrenheit. I'm probably pretty sure it's does. everywhere. I don't even know who does Celsius. I t- I'm, t- I'm telling you, it's probably some of these... Uh, crazy people out here that use the metric system. Some of those, those what that is that? Is small that even a real thing? portion of the population of the world that is uses that the even <laughs> a real thing. It is weird. It, I know this is the MMA Roadshow, but can we talk about the metric Roadshow or the measurement Roadshow? It is weird that we just That's have great. decided to use as basically only in, in the entire world to use a certain system of measurements. Like, is that just? us being pompous, arrogant Americans, or 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 is it the rest of the world that's wrong and we just got it right? That's I think that I think it's more of the latter. <laughs> you know, they just they just haven't <laughs> come around to our our way of thinking yet. You know, I mean, it's easier to say mile as opposed to what kilometer. Uh, nobody even knows how to say it. Is it is it kilometers? Is it kilometers? Kilometer. Kilometers. Kilometer. <laughs> Miley meters. I don't know what Miley is that. Miley Cyrus's measurements of uh, Miley meters. I would measure her. <laughs> uh, never mind. I'll just leave it right there. All right. <laughs> Listen, it's a busy week this week. We've got the UFC and Bellator both in action. Uh, as far as behind the scenes, the MMA junkie Matt Erickson has been on vacation this week, and he is a uh, he's a hoss behind the scenes. So anytime he's out for a week, it kind of slows the rest of us down a little bit. But add in a dual event week, and it's been a busy one. I will say, I give a little tease. Uh-oh. Uh oh, little tease. Uh oh, can't can't say anything more than just a tease. But uh, a new name will be added to the MMA junkie roster here very soon. I believe as soon as uh as Monday. So. I can't make the announcement, so I won't make the announcement, but... I will. No, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to save it. Uh, yeah, so we are uh, bringing on a new body. We, you know, we've been talking about it. We don't talk deeply necessarily about the MMA Junkie staffing, but you know, we lost a couple folks, and we got somebody coming on board on Monday. So we'll have a new name on the MMA Junkie team next week, and we'll, we'll tell you all about that. I'm going to tell you something funny, cold coffee, as I was heading on my way over here. I was uh, packing up my bag, and getting everything together, bringing the gear to drive on over to the Casa de Cold Coffee. To the better side of town. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and, and and knowing, you know, that I got I to gotta look sharp so I can get past the, the get gates past the up gate there. Guards. Yeah, you know, they give me trouble sometimes when I'm not, you know, looking sharp. You know, they don't recognize me. So uh, I know you've told them to keep the riffraff out of here. You know what I mean? So they you just kind of. It's, it's tough. It's tough. It's a tough gig. It's, it's the only thing I really ask them. But, well, that and to keep the pool clean, keep the, keep the, the landscaping decent. And you keep know. the riffraff out. Keep the riffraff out. Out. My wife asked me. She's like, uh, "Where are you going?" Oh no! She asked for the taco truck guy. I'm like, she asked for the taco cart. No, well, no, no. She just literally asked where I was going. She asked what I was doing for 321 oh, yeah. consecutive Thursday afternoons. 
I have gotten together with cold coffee, whether it be in Las Vegas, whether it be in in Croatia, whether it be in Japan, whether it wherever it may be. 321 consecutive Thursdays. That's what I've done on Thursday afternoon. And my wife says, where are you going? Where are you going? What you doing? Can, yeah, you, ta- you, can know, you take Eli to jiu-jitsu tonight? Maybe, like, maybe episode 640. And, <laughs> and She's like, oh, it's Thursday. Yeah. You're going, huh. you're going to McKinney's house. Okay. Am I, do I need to write it on our calendar like every single Thursday? put that shit in permanent marker. Oh, just, man. just just ruin the whiteboard. That would actually just put it in permanent. Mark it on the whiteboard permanent. every Thursday. I thought that was pretty funny. I think it kicked out. Of that. I'm like funny. my wife actually does has no idea what I do. Here, I thought maybe she was going to try to hit up for that see if that uh the the uh Oh, the elote the t- truck. Yeah, the, the elote, elote truck or whatever. Yeah, every once in a while the other day he he came honking by and I was like I wasn't hungry at all, but part of me was still like, you really should just go out there and still get some. Oh, like the elote. <laughs> now, it's hard to hear him because, you know, the, the grounds are so expansive for him. You know, when he's pulling along the elote car way, 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 way down, down the hill way down there. down the hill, and it's just like, I'm like, is that a but faint it- echo of a horn going honk, 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 honk? <laughs> Because he's got his little, like, I, I don't know, it sounds like a little plastic corn or something, right. but it's just like, honk, honk, honk. And like, I'm like, like oh. Fozzie Bear out here just yeah, selling that's some exactly corn. what it is. Because <laughs> he upgraded it. Last time we saw his cart got a lot fancier, and I was it like, did. but he still had that, like, cheap 99 cent plastic corn sound or something. But I guess that's that's the authentic side of it. Like, if it was anything more than that, it would feel weird. Like, I think before when you see him just have a little bike with a little, uh, um, cooler attached to like a little thing in the back it was the same one so i guess it's 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 ingrained in our heads if it was nothing, anything different we probably wouldn't recognize it nothing better than some elote from from a cart me by the way if, you, if you're looking for recommendations from an elote cart i like to go ahead and get it cut off the cob i mean uh, i know yeah. part, i know sometimes yeah part, you know sometimes people enjoy eating off the cob me mm-hmm. go ahead and cut it off trim it off it's just a little bit neater you know what i'm saying and i can stir up the flavors a little yeah. bit more because you know if it's on the cob sometimes you'll have a, a little bit of cheese here a little bit of spice here a little bit of whatever mm-hmm. you, know, you mix it in the in the cup and you get the broth in there you can really kind of stir it all around so if you just if you see the elote cart and you're a little you, mm-hmm, maybe mm-hmm. you don't know the elote choices you know maybe you're like <laughs> i'd like to go get some elote but i don't really know how i should order my elote yeah. i'm gonna tell you right now get the cup get you definitely the cup. get more you definitely get more i guess the only thing i can think and I, i'm wondering now that was now that the show is going to go into our food segment uh there is <laughs> the difference i do notice that when you did get it it definitely didn't feel like it would like it was cut off the cob. Right, there right, There is right. something about oh, corn yeah, yeah, cut yeah, off yeah, the cob. Yeah, yeah, You know, the the flavor that you get from the cob. Yeah, it was you know, definitely like a bag of frozen sweetness. corn. It was, it was definitely a bag of frozen corn. It was just corn. straight yeah, up yeah, yeah. corn that they... Yeah, now, if you, can get it, if you can get them to, like, actually trim it off. Get it off a, a cob, then you that's the, be- that's the best right there. Yeah, but that yeah. just takes up too much time. But there's that inherent sweetness you get from the cob. But that was the only thing. But you do get a lot more if you do get it in the cup or whatever than what you get on the cob. But I would think that if you could have the best of both worlds, get it actually cut off of the cob but they ain't got no time for that they ain't got no time for that they ain't got no time for especially that. not for a couple of gringos they're like yeah hey. they're like fuck you here take this canned corn <laughs> you don't know what take you this mean. bag of corn bitch. get out of here <laughs> all right well before we get into this weekend's events we'll, we'll talk about the continued fall from usc 262 uh we were back on the road we were in houston uh my home state of texas it was a good show uh we got about already done two two events on the road well, we've done two, two events on the road yeah we've done two events on the like road in just, a month just swinging back uh we got uh we got about 30 minutes of sleep before we had to go to the airport oh, on Sunday. Was... Then our 
our flight was canceled while in the Uber. While we were in the Uber, uh, we luckily we did get moved to another flight. Actually, ended up working out okay. We ended up probably getting Worked home a little better. bit earlier because yeah. we had a connection through Dallas and America moved us over to United Airlines. But um, basically, just saying uh, the the novelty of being back on the road came to a grinding halt after yeah. two shows with the thirty minutes of sleep, the canceled flight on the way in, the canceled th- flight. on I the think way it was out. after the first one. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> Here we go again. Because then it was the novelty of like, oh, seeing fans. Okay, this is cool. This is cool. And then, and granted, that was still cool in the second one. Oh, but yeah, like amazing. halfway through it. And we had actually the best of, like, this setup this this time was good because we were so close to the host hotel. We were close to the convention center. Right. And we were literally right next door to the venue. So that was a nice easing back. Yeah. You know, as for being, like, back on the road. There wasn't like, oh, how are we going to deal with the Ubers? How are we going to do whatever? Houston did have their Uber game was was on point. Much better like, than Jacksonville. So much better than Jacksonville. And probably better than what we're dealing here in Vegas as well. Um, but it was I felt like for a second show when it could have been like, oh, here we are, it wasn't as bad but it, it, because we were close to things, but it still felt like, uh, here we oh, are. Right back not good, after not after a bad. year of not being on the road and what and, and everything and feels getting harder, ex- getting everything excited, more tired back out. And, uh, yeah, flight canceled on the way in, flight canceled on the way out. It was it was all right though. It was good to see the crew. Uh, Anthony Beach from Latchkey Brewing was in town. That's I got to cool. hang out with him. Joe from H Town hung out with him for a little bit, which was good. Joe from H Town even broke down and bought himself a ticket to go to the show, which uh, I don't think he had been. To oh, he wasn't really planning. Nah, Joe, Joe, Joe's got a, a love-hate relationship with, with the UFC. UFC. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's big of an watch MMA it, fan. Hate to buy it. Pretty much. You know, he, some of the things they do upset him, but he was like, you know what? The crowds are back. It's in my hometown. We haven't been able to do anything. I got to go. So it was intense seeing that crowd. Like, uh, just for, like, when I went out there, even before it started, so I went out and watched the first fight. There wasn't a lot of crowd. So that was interesting to just sort of feel it. But then going out for the very last event mm-hmm. and looking around, I think I sat there for maybe a good minute and just like it's great to see taking, again, in right? the, taking in the thing. The upper decks were completely full. Everything was full. Like it's one thing to say like, oh, it's full. And then you see patches of emptiness. No, it was full. I don't remember seeing an empty chair like anywhere in the venue. Oh, not at all. There's, there was like one section, but the only reason it was a production kill because basically there was like a run of cables mm-hmm. that they had. To, you know what I mean? Like it would have been a blind spot. So there was like w- there was literally one section, but it was a clear production kill where you, you wouldn't have been able to see anything. So you're right. And and listen, I, you, the card wasn't going to live up to Jacksonville. That card was just off the chain, bonkers. One of the greatest cards ever in terms of just you know wildness. But it was still a damn good card with a lot of good fights. Yeah. And I'm just as silly as it sounds, man. I'm just convinced that yeah. Crowds absolutely have a massive impact on the fights, man. I think it brings like an, an extra level of focus, an extra level of energy, an extra level of you know just uh, you know heightened adrenaline for the fighters. Because yep. the two cards that we've had with with crowds back in the building, top to bottom, has just been amazingly entertaining. So it was a fun card, and I gotta say, I kind of kicked myself in the ass after after watching Charles Oliveira win that fight. Because you know, as we sat there at Buffalo Wild Wings last week in Houston and broke it down. All of us lean towards Michael Chandler, but I just kept having the sneaking suspicion in the back of my head. I'm like, man, Charles is so dangerous, and I feel like he's that guy that doesn't quit anymore. And I even touched on that, you know, that he doesn't quit anymore. And he, and he, man, credit to both these guys. Both of them got themselves in bad situations. Both of them battled out of it. Man, when when Chandler had Oliveira on his back early, I was like, "Uh oh, man! I know Chandler's you know comfortable here, but this is this dude's on a different level, you yeah. know." But he was able to get out of that position, you know. Uh, when Oliveira was rocked again, there was a point in his career where I think he would have quit. Here he didn't, you know. He battled his way out of that, and then 
I, I will say, I, I did anticipate that he was going to be a problem. I did anticipate that he wasn't going to quit. I did not anticipate that he was able to be able to land a, a massive left like that now strike. So That's I it. didn't pull the trigger, but damn, Charles Oliveira is legit. And I got to say, dude, he's a he's a tough matchup for anybody, man. I mean, you're li- lining up all the competitors available to him. I'm not saying Charles Oliveira is about to dominate and he's about to run through everybody, but hell, he's on a very nice winning streak right now. And I will say this, man, it's crazy because, and this may be insane, but but it's honestly kind of the thought that came to mind, especially when you compare it with like the way Tony Ferguson looked against Benil Darius, right? Like Tony is clearly a diminished Tony right now, and and I, I hate to say it, man, but he just he just is at this point. It's just the reality of it. I don't think Tony's going to be championship caliber anytime again, which sucks. Because I like Tony Ferguson a lot, and I hope I think there's still some fights available to him. I just think the elite of the division are always going to prove problematic for him. But you know how we, you know, we lost that fight that we wanted to see between Tony Ferguson and Habib Nurmagomedov. Now I feel like the fight we actually lost. How many times did we lose that one? Five <laughs> times. Five times. The fifth of which, of course, is when the pandemic was uh, introduced upon the world so as a plague bad. for our efforts to try to put that fight together. Yeah, that, that was our judgment. That was it. Like, you've tried to put this together five times. I told you I not must to fight. try to put this back together. <laughs> I gave you all the hints. Oh, man. Shame now, on you, I tell humans. You what's crazy is now I feel like the fight we lost is Charles Oliveira and Habib Nurmagomedov. Man, I think Charles Oliveira's height, his reach – uh, his dangerous uh, game on the ground, I think it would be incredibly interesting to see him and Habib Nurmagomedov. This version of Charles Oliveira, I think would give Habib a run for his money. He would definitely give him more of a run of money. I mean, like like you said, I had no anticipation that Charles's striking would have been that effective and that destructive. I mean, his size, he we, we you, you could easily see the big size difference. I just didn't think it would translate that well. And after watching that first round, I mean, it was playing out to every expectation. It was like, okay, Chandler's he's comfortable going down into his guard, getting up safely. He's doing damage. I just anticipated that he would be able to take the shots from Charles. Yeah. And that shot that dropped him was just picture perfect and did oh. immediate damage that he wasn't oh. able to easily recover from. And Charles was able to just – just stack up on top and just finish it. And I was just like, wow, where has this guy been? Um, because it's if he's able to maintain that, he's fighting at such a higher level than what any time we've seen him before. Like if this is if if that if that was not just like, hey, just showing up for the big event and, and get it and he like can everything maintain, just dialed in and everything dialed on in one perfect. night. If he can maintain that level, he will be hard to beat. Do I think he would beat Khabib? No. But do I think he would give him more of a challenge? Of course. Of course he would, but um, who knows? I mean, just like me, really surprises with his striking, you know, I would I would welcome a chance to see if he was able to land that same shot on Habib, if he would, would be as hurt. Oh, I don't man. think he would, though. I, but man, I don't know. You think about the elbows and the knees Chandler, and the scrambling. Man, and I, was, the... I, was, I was so surprised by how devastating that shot was. So it just has to – it goes to show how picture-perfect it was. It landed at the perfect spot delivered technically perfect and uh wow i was i was just i was so blown away but charles has been this like sleeper we've been rooting for and silently picking forever and and you know and i feel like i've picked him so many times over the years this one i was just like chandler's got everything doubt in of course this is the one it felt like his moment it, it just felt, felt like, like his, his moment. moment so i didn't pick Oliver. you know so i'm not upset about it because any other time i probably would have picked Oliver. but um good on him uh 
and if he can maintain that level, he will be hard to beat. Yeah. Uh, he will be hard to beat. So, Michael Chandler, if you've seen, obviously he came to the press conference that night, all class, as you'd expect, as yeah. we've said from day one. If you didn't follow Chandler's career in Bellator, the dude is about as great of a representative of the sport as you could ever ask for. If you're a, if you're running in a company and you're looking for somebody to represent your brand, Michael Chandler is that guy. He is a buttoned-up professional. He carries himself a class. He even came in and was like, oh, first question. Yeah. I was like, so he had, I mean, he was even, in, I mean, obviously you could tell it was a, a very down moment, but he still, he still had that. He still had a good personality about the whole. The we whole ran thing. into him. That's right, because you know we ran into him on Friday night after the weigh-ins. We all had to get tested one more time for COVID, and uh, he we ran into him. And he was like, he's like, oh, John Morgan. He's like, first question every time, my man. You know, and, and I started to, to give him something like, yeah, just don't forget the little people. You know, whenever you win the belt or whatever. But I was just like, you know, I was like, ah, thanks for thanks, Mike. I appreciate it, man. Good luck, you know. And, like you said, he rolled in there and he he said, "Ah, oh, first question, you know." And it's just yeah. you could tell he was bummed, but he tried to he tried to muster that smile. But so he's come out and said, "Look, man, like I don't think an instant rematch is out of the realm of possibility. You know, if not, maybe one fight, and I'm right there. Look, it's going to be a tough path for him back. Um, but I, I guess if you haven't been following Michael Chandler, I, I'd hate for anybody to give it like." who's this delusional son of a gun or whatever. Like, that's just who he is, man. He's positive. He's all about manifesting, you know, what's possible and what's what's the best option available and, 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 and always looking at the best road. And So if you're not familiar with Michael Chandler and, and you've seen it and it's taking you back a little bit like – Oh, what is this guy thinking? He deserves an instant rematch or whatever. I don't. I don't think that's the case. Uh, I just think that he's always basically trying to see things in in the best light possible. So I don't know. I guess I just want to share that because I could see how a lot of people might see it and be like, "That delusional son of a gun. What is what's is he thinking? He deserves a rematch for." So what does beg the question is is who does deserve the first shot at Charles Oliveira, right? And I think everybody right away is immediately leaning to UFC 264. Dustin Poirier versus Conor McGregor. But it's funny because, you know, we kind of laid it out there on, on Spinning Back Click earlier this week, and, and and which is the show we do every week that you you produce and um, that I host. And then, you know, George and Ghost and the radio show, Nolan, Mike Bond will be on there, Fred Hanoon. You know, we kind of rotate out the talent through there. But we talked about kind of what's the most intriguing matchup next. And a lot of people, you know, did kind of lean towards the winner of that fight. Now, if it's if – it's, if it's Dustin Poirier, it's a no-brainer, right? If it's Dustin yeah. Poirier, it's an absolute no-brainer. The guy could have had the title shot to begin with. We thought it was good. In fact, you know, Oliveira, I guess, is kind of the recipient of good fortune there because it was going to be Poirier versus Chandler, which would have been an incredible fight. It made all the sense in the world. Instead, Poirier says, no, give me the trilogy fight. You know, I want the trilogy fight with Conor McGregor, knowing, and rightfully so, that that's the biggest money fight available. It just is. Conor McGregor is that big of a star. It's the most money you can make. Take the fight, you know, get it done, and then the title fight will still be there for you, assuming you win. Now, here's the flip side of it, though. What if Conor McGregor wins? And I think all of us, and and, and we've talked about it before, and, 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 and the reason I want to share is because I want to share some comments from over at patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow because I think – you know, the, the people that are on Patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow are hardcores, right? They're people that love the sport, you know, to the nth degree. Whereas the casuals, I think if Connor wins and you give him a, a lightweight title shot, business-wise, it makes all the sense in the world because he's such uh, a star. I mean, he is the, the biggest star in the sport. But, first of all, we were kind of laughing about the fact, can you imagine that the fight to make – would be Conor McGregor versus Charles Oliveira, a fight that, let me be honest with you, six months ago, 
I couldn't have even envisioned a, a, a path for that fight to come together. And right. then here's what happens. And Joe, Joe Lucinti chimed in. He said, McGregor would only fight Oliveira now because he's champion. But no matter who was champion, all the affliction-wearing, training UFC casuals would be yelling from the rooftops for McGregor to fight for a title if, of course, he beats Poirier. And that's what's crazy because from a business perspective, dude, you could sell the heck out of it. Sports Center would eat it up. But Mark Fellows, our old friend Mark Fellows, just bringing the facts. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Connor's last win at 155 was in 2016 when he beat yeah. Alvarez four and a half years ago. It's pretty amazing that he's still considered relevant by many in regards to the title picture. Dude, I'm so torn on this because there's not 1% of me that thinks if Connor wins, he doesn't get a title shot. Like, that's just the clear business strategy from the UFC. But when you lay it out like that, it does seem kind of ridiculous, right? It's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I get it in the sense that, you know, and, and I think the UFC's proven themselves time and time again that the rankings, which, you know, seem to be just whatever, they don't really care. It's about whatever comes. Because, yeah, when you look at it, you know, this this fight with Dustin, you know, so that's three fights since 2018 when he lost to Habib. Uh and then, the th and he's got one loss. So he's probably going to get a second loss. And then to think that, you know, if he did get the win, that that it would give him the the possibility, just completely again shits in the in the face of active fighters. And uh, but I, it, it's so funny because I feel like we've argued this and said this so many times that it, it just doesn't even feel good to just keep repeating it. <laughs> that it's just like. You can definitely tell, and I can see why people like Joe uh, from H-Town and other stuff, they understand and they have these grudges with the UFC just for the way that they treat some of the fighters and why they, they do this matchmaking that makes no sense for all these fighters that are toiling through to get these rankings, to, to do everything they need to do to stay active, to just constantly get sidestepped by the the whatever's the most it thing of the moment. And unfortunately, I guess for Connor, he's got that it factor, and he's still maintaining yep. it, even over the fact that, yeah, the last win he got was a, a custom picked fighter. Um, the last one before that was 2016. Um, I mean, good on him. His performance against Donald that was that was an awesome, spectacular, you know, finish of, of Donald soon. But when you just look at the, you know, going back at the past. You know that. Well, I guess if you count the Mayweather loss, which was a freak show right. in itself, that's two thousand. But you can't fault him for that because I mean no, that, that, that was... changed his entire right. family like forever, right? right? I mean that that literally changed generations of McGregor. Yeah, it's just it's just crazy that uh, like this guy. At some point, you just wonder, you know, um, when is he going to stop getting, you know, this this treatment that is above and beyond all these other fighters it's just got to be so disheartening for your fighters knowing that you know um you work so hard you make all those sacrifices just to feel it get thrown back in your face because somebody was able to win the win the win the lottery in a sense and he's capitalizing on it you know at some point you know and the guy has done so much shit crazy shit on the outside and they keep turning a blind eye or turning the cheek because of it, you know, because he is this ma this money maker. But at one point, you just wonder how many losses. At what point, how many losses, how many whatever, um, you know, things outside of the cage before you finally stop giving them. Well, I I do you know what and and 
I wasn't going to touch on this, but I, I will say this. I, I think that, yeah, I feel like this is I, – I think it's a must win for Conor McGregor, man. I mean – I don't know that he'll want to keep coming back if he's losing, right? I mean, that don't you start don't you if start impacting the brand long term though if you're going out there and losing every time. You mean time? the one he sold? Well, I, guess I was thinking. No, I just mean. Well, yeah, you're right. No, I mean his own personal brand. I mean, don't aren't you impacting what you what you mean to the sport? Like at that point, I, and I know what you're saying because he could still come back and have another big payday. Again, you know what? The only one the, the Nate Diaz fight's always right. going to be there. The Nate Diaz fight is always going to be there. So maybe if he loses this when he comes back against Nate Diaz, but I think this is pretty much a must-win situation for Conor because I do think that the the brand of Conor McGregor starts taking an impact if he's not winning. So, but where I wanted to go with it was this. So I think we all agree, like I said, that if he wins, he's going to be the first person they turn to. So who can prevent that, and how can you prevent it? To me. The only person that can step in there, because I like Michael Chandler and I, I like his idea of an instant rematch and, and wanting to do it, but if Conor McGregor is victorious, you don't get the instant rematch. I think the only guy that can possibly step in there and pre- and prevent that fight from happening is Justin Gaethje. But Justin Gaethje has got to fight on that same card. He's got to fight the same night and pick up a win because he hasn't won since losing to Habib Nurmagomedov. Now, granted, that was the retirement fight and all that, but... I do think if you're talking about a Justin Gaethje that hasn't won since then, that Conor McGregor still gets the nod over him. So I think Justin Gaethje has got to fight that night. He's got to fight at UFC 264. And I just, I kind of trying to figure out what the fight has to be. Like, you know, is RDA enough of an opponent to get that? I think so. You know, a former champion, um, I, you know, I, I think so. I think he carries enough clout. We know Benil Darius is out until the fall, which, by the way, Mad respect to Benil Darius, man. I even asked him. I was like, you know, because he's 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 taking off for the birth of his child, and and I was like, yeah, but what if they come back and they say, but we'll give you the title fight? And he said his wife was just off screen going, yeah, yeah, take it. And he's like, no, we're not gonna take it. We're not gonna take it. So mad respect to him. Um, but Justin Gaethje versus RDA, Justin Gaethje versus Dan Hooker, maybe. I mean. I, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe would that be enough? I mean, Dan Hooker's not a, a top-ranked contender right now, but I, I think one of those two matchups right there, and you got to do it the same night. Otherwise, if Connor wins, he's getting a title shot for sure. Even if he even if he does win, I just don't see them not giving him the shot. Mm. Uh, and it's just it sucks. It's so disheartening. I mean, at some point, you feel like you just got to stop fucking caring. <laughs> well, because it's like it, you you keep banging your head I'll be on. Honest, the, I have bang- I have reached out. Now, yeah. I don't say don't care, but I just realized. Well, yeah, I mean, just realizing just, there's no sense fighting. You're, you're not going to stop it. You can't stop it. It's ridiculous. Even if he puts on the thing and. Justin, how many times has he already been passed over when he should have got the shot? I mean, it happens time and time again. And that's the thing. It's almost like the UFC has to lose favor in Connor by some means. If not, they're going to keep giving it to him. If he wins and he beats Dustin, one, that's a great win because he's beating the guy that has been staying active and is fighting at a high level. So that is worth, I mean, you beat the number one guy. Why can't you beat the number one? I mean, why can't you now then be the sure, number one guy? Sure. Dustin is, and besides Justin, Dustin is the dude. We actually had a hey, listen. We actually had a really lengthy conversation in the rankings this week. There was some real discussion about should we leave Dustin Poirier at number one at 155 mm-hmm. pounds? And ultimately, I decided. You know, well, I wouldn't say I decided, but I did kind of leave the charge. Like, no, I think Oliveira deserves to be number one. But mm-hmm. gorgeous George Garcia, he made a really good case for why you could still consider Dustin Poirier. 
number one in the world right now. Above the champ. Above the champ. Because of the because of the because of the track record that they've gone. It was it was a lengthy discussion back and forth over who they've beat. Ultimately I said, listen, you know, Oliveira hasn't lost in the last. We 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 favor the last three years. We look at the whole career, but we really impact the last three years. He hasn't lost during that time. I believe nine and zero during the stretch. Eight finishes. I think like seven performance of the night bonuses. Mm-hmm. But you know, you look at Poirier's run as George pointed out. Poirier, yes, he lost to Nurmagomedov, but he didn't necessarily get crushed by him. You know, he gave him a little bit of a game, which he did. I mean, ultimately lost via submission, but, you know, he gave him some a little bit of a run. And you look at the quality of people that he beat during that time as well, and there's an argument made that Poirier's wins were of a higher quality than Charles Oliveira. But yeah. ultimately, uh, myself, Simon Simano, and George said, you know what, I, I, I'll, I'll stand down on this one. Let's put Oliveira to number one. Yeah, but, but it's kind of so, hard. To- so you make a good point. I mean, if, if, if McGregor can beat that guy – that we were just having an argument that should be number one, even over the lightweight champ, then yeah. he's number one. It's hard. It's hard to. It's hard to take that away from him because at that point, you know, if you know, say, if, if the guy's the, you know, whoever's the big guy on the block, and you go beat the guy, the big guy on the block, aren't you now the big guy on the block? And it's hard. It's That's hard it. to say that. Oh, hey, these guys over here, you know, they've been fighting at a real high level too. They just ain't fought the big guy on the block yet, you know. But it would be hard. Um, you know, so in that sense, I would I would be able to make peace with it if he was if he kind of skips the line again. It feels if he's able to beat Dustin, he is beating the number one dude. Um, you know, good on him, and he and he maybe should, but it's like you know, I just hate the fact when people are have been able to sort of cherry pick the fights that make sense. But again, this is a fight that the number one guy wanted, right? So good on him. So he opened up the doorway. And everybody else then at that point has to accept the fact that, hey, you know, okay, you know, uh, this is happening. But if he doesn't win, not that I ever want a guy to lose, but it would certainly help ease up and clear up the top of the division because every every fight that Connor gets thrown back in there, he puts another log jam in a sense at the top because everybody just wants to keep his name up there. And he's not an active fighter. He does do these select fights every once in a while, but... In a sense, you know, like, and you look at a guy like Dariush that's on killing it in the ranking. He's been jumping up. He's great things. People aren't even putting his name in the discussion because there's all these other little side stories going right. on. And that sucks for a guy like that that's been doing all the work he needs to do. Um, but I need, I need, I need, I need Justin Gaethje versus RDA or Justin Gaethje versus Dan Hooker on UFC 264. I need that in my life because then we at least get to make it interesting. Listen, I'll be honest. I would rather see the hooker, him and hooker, hooker fight. Him and hooker be that amazing. would be really, really good. No offense to RDA, but at, in terms of the fight that I think would be the most exciting, yeah, for sure for me would be Hooker, yeah. and him. And then of course if Poirier wins, and it's all doesn't matter anyway, yeah. right? But fuck, look at look. But what, then, uh, but then if, Hooker was killing people and fucking Chandler demolished him. Oliver just went out there and smashed Chandler. What the fuck? fuck is going on in that division crazy it's literally my mind is boggled like it's literally like the whole division has been just turned around guys that before we knew were good yeah now are just like like Oliver has been this journeyman that's just been fucking killing it over the years quietly doing his thing and maybe if he he spoke english he could have been talking shit this right. whole time maybe he has been in portuguese maybe he has been talking shit but no, none of the translators he's just now starting to get a little <laughs> swagger about him he didn't have that swagger before it was once he got the teeth he got the he got, teeth once and he then got the it, teeth back then the swagger came in <laughs> then the swagger came in uh yeah you know what i want to see i want to see i want to see gaichi hooker 
And then if Poirier wins, of course, he goes on uh, and he fights for the title. But if McGregor wins, at least if Gaethje wins, there's a case we made. And, and then now we start talking about scheduling and all that. And look, if Poirier wins and Gaethje wins, then maybe you do uh, Gaethje Chandler as a number one contender fight, you know, so. What about your boy Darius? Darius has got to sit out till December or January, so that's I think. Not I if think his wife knows. has anything to say about it. <laughs> his wife was like, "Get your ass in there and fight for a title, honey." Dude, thinking about that Poirier Oliveira, man, I'm not sure where I sit right now. I know, I know. I might, I might lean Oliveira. I know, I Poirier. He's a bad matchup for everybody. Oh my lord, he's got so many ways to win fights. His size, I'm like, like I said, if if he can keep replicating that striking, I need to see another fight to do it. But if he can. Holy cow! How amazing was it? Holy I thought it, I thought it, everybody would get a good laugh, and he did get a good laugh. But then he gave me the craziest answer when I was like, "All right, now are you finally ready to admit you're not a featherweight?" Because we always used to be like, "Why does this dude keep wanting to go yeah. to featherweight?" And he was like, ha, ha, ha. "You know, it's funny. I was just talking about that. Like, we <laughs> might actually be able to make featherweight." I'm like, "You're not gonna Stop. make featherweight. Stop. You're not gonna make featherweight." He's a big boy. Oh, he is. By the way, mentioned uh, Patreon.com/slash The MMA Roadshow. Uh, listen, if you if you if you enjoy what you're listening to and you want to support the show. Join us up over at patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow. As little as $3 a month can really help us out, help support the show, uh, help us buy new office furniture for Studio B that yes. we're setting up in there so we can bring in a little bit more of Cold Coffee's musical interludes <laughs> and, and really just have some dedicated uh, broadcast space because right now you have to kind of move all your workspace and so we'll have some dedicated broadcast yes. space which can only serve to, to further grow <laughs> the show and the quality of the material that we're delivering. Plus, by the way, if you join us at patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow, you get exclusive access to the and a half episodes, uh, which of course is a bonus episode after each week. Sit down and do an instant recap of the show. Um bring you some audio and that sort of thing so you can kind of relive the press conference without having to check through everything uh and, and we certainly do that we appreciate that uh for people that enjoy those and of course we're starting to put a little bit more audio over there for instance i mentioned the bendino darius interview we had that audio over there so you can listen to it on the audio feed because i know a lot of the, the fans over there have they like the audio feed which i'm right with you i like to be honest with you i listen to a lot more podcasts than i watch video so uh, appreciated that feedback. Uh, we've put spinning back click over there in audio form. For those that don't want to watch the video, we do have it in audio form over there as well. Shout out to the uh, the late great Simon Head. That was his idea. He always said, "I think this would be good podcast material," and we put it over there. So shout out to him for it? the idea. How did I, he I, say? Well, it? I think you have an actual recording of how he said it, don't you? Tell him, put it on the podcast. <laughs> was that Simon Head from Australia? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Could have sworn he was from Merry Old England. No, he's down under now. Oh, man, it's been a while since I've, I've spoken to him, so you might be right. That's amazing. Jordan moved. <laughs> I didn't know. Is he joining us live? Amazing. Oh, th Simon, thanks again for the advice, man. Really hey, mate. Crikey. <laughs> uh, by the way, shout out to uh, Adrian Salomonovic. Salomonovic. Uh, I apologize if I butchered his last name. He just came in as a big baller. But you know what? That's because mm. he is a big baller. He's a founder of Millions.co. Uh, by the way, if anybody listens to Bruce Buffer's podcast, it's time. Uh, I, I did Bruce Buffer's podcast while I was in Houston. Had a chance to, to yeah. do that. It was the first time I'd ever done that, him and TJ DeSantis. Well, it was about time you did. I See what you did there. Uh, but we actually talked about Millions.co. And so, uh, Adrian Salomonovic. Salomonovic. I'm hoping I got that right because uh, he is a baller. Uh, supported the show this week. So, uh, thank you very much for doing that. And William Lowe's joined us up over there That's as well. That's an easy one. Much easier than Salomonovic. 
<laughs> William Lowe's. He's going to come back and be like, it's, it's Lois. Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> it's Lewis. <laughs> Billy Lewis. Thanks for joining, man. We really appreciate the support over there. Uh, all right, listen, uh, we do need to talk about uh, the upcoming cars this week, but i got to ask you about the big breaking news that happened as I was on my way over here to the Casa de Cold Coffee. Our old buddy, Deputy Steve, Steve Morocco over at MMA Fighting, breaking the news. Um, which I, I'm not sure I've actually heard of that out. I think I think I got the name of it right. I'm not I'm not sure if I got that right. But Deputy Steve over there, uh, that uh, Diego Sanchez and Joshua Fabia have parted ways on a professional basis, and they will no longer be working together. And uh, I mean, listen, we could spend a, a whole lot of time talking about this, and I'm not going to bury the guy, man. It's not worth it. Uh, but. I will say this. I'm, I'm happy to see this. You know, we had talked about it in recent weeks that I felt like my position on this oh, had changed. Did for have power of attorney. That, that's the part I wanted to get to. That's the part I wanted Diego. to get to. I had heard, and I believe God. mentioned here, that there was the possibility that he was getting power of attorney, and now you it's see the, the statement. Yeah. I mean, that that was the part that scared the hell out of me, yes. man. Like, as I said from the beginning, when that relationship was first formed, it was like, look, we all know Diego's a little bit different. We all know he, he you know, he, he he's he's out there a little bit, you know, without, and I mean that in the most respectful way possible. He's a different cat, and if he needs a different cat, kind of guiding him and and serving as a, a spiritual, you know, beacon to the way he, you know, lives his life, so be it. Who are we to say what what he needs to make him happy? But when I heard that. That the guy was taking control of the social media accounts, that the guy was taking control of the phone, that the guy was getting power of attorney. I, I just, I, it scared the heck out of me. And I'm like, this is, I mean, why do you need power of attorney, bro? You don't need that. No, you don't. You cannot explain to me a reason <laughs> that that makes sense. And, and I had heard it was happening, and I'm just glad to hear that they parted ways. I'm not sitting here to, to bury Joshua Fabia. I don't want to do that. Um, It'd just be one more thing that he was making about himself. I just want to say I'm happy for Diego Sanchez, and um, I, I I see this as a complete positive, and I hope that this means that, you know, he's able to find some more opportunities. You know, I, I think he's still got a couple fights left in him, you know, and this is the end of his career. I'm not – again, it's another situation where, you know, do I think Diego Sanchez can, can win a UFC title at this point in his career? Of course not. You know, uh, could he reconcile with the UFC perhaps at this point and maybe – Get another fight? I kind of hope so. I kind of hope maybe that would be possible. I don't really necessarily see that happening. But at least, you know, maybe he can get another fight or two somewhere. He's a, he's a big name. And, uh, you know, I, I know he's just out here to take care of his family. And, and uh, you know, provided he can pass all the medical tests and that sort of thing. Um, I hope this is a good thing for him. Because I just did not. Yeah. I did not like the way things were heading. Yeah. And, I mean, if he wants to maintain a... a uh, you know, a friendly relationship, whatever, that's fine. But, yeah, as for dealing with his business dealings, uh, Joshua was just not good for him there at the end. I mean, he was he was being detrimental the way that he was carrying himself. He just got to the point where it was it was no good. And, um, yeah, all that power attorney shit, other stuff that, you know, in Diego's mind, he, he might have thought that it was just common practice or maybe that the advice he was being given made sense at the time. Um, and at times you need, a third party, you need somebody on the outside to kind of help give you some clear focus on what is happening to you sometimes, sometimes with business ties and stuff. Sometimes there's just so much stuff to keep track, let alone trying to train and trying to do whatever. And I just feel that, uh, you know, Josh was, was, was overstepping what should have been a, a normal business relationship to become way too involved. And I'm super glad that, uh, 
Diego's found a way to sort of at least separate that side. If they want to be besties, that's fine. Whatever. Yes. Just don't let them handle your, your business because obviously um, the way he carried himself was detrimental to your career there at the end, and that's not what you want. I had I had almost – Let alone that weird-ass training shit that he was doing. Well, that training stuff was like the last – I mean, that was like the last straw, I think, where people just really saw like, okay, wait a minute. This dude this is – This is not helping. This is not helping whatsoever. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it's one thing to be like hanging upside down doing yoga or whatever. Fine, okay, but dude, you're, why are you hitting me in the head? I thought yeah. you were worried about my, my, you know, my brain health. Like, come on, man. But it just, you know what? What irked These me? These are healing kicks. What irked me was for the last, I don't know, year, year and a half, you couldn't get anything from Diego. It was just Fabia that would speak for him and speak over him and not allow him to speak. Like, bro, I don't want to hear what you have to say. I want to hear what Diego has to say. Yep. And and ah, I guess I'm not gonna, not gonna do it, not gonna do it. I'm just glad to see that. Glad to hear that. That that's that's awesome. I I am happy as well. Uh, USC Fight Night 188 is this week. It is Rob Bront versus Cody Garbrandt in the main event. Uh, we'll talk about this card briefly, but I I really just want to set up uh, some audio with Cody Garbrandt. To be honest with you, man. Um, Cody Garbrandt, of course, we all know what he's capable of, man. When he is on, he is out there uh, just putting on show. Uh, Insane power, one shot, one kill type power, uh, speed, movement. I mean, it's just fun to watch. Talk about the X factor. You know, he's got the X factor about him. Um, a, a difficult fight here with Rob Font, to say the least. A guy that's, you know, kind of been building to this point and is now getting his, his big opportunity. But Cody Garbrandt has had some ups and downs. And, I, you know, Cody, I felt so bad for over the last year or so because, you know, he kind of built himself back after this losing streak that we know – was crushing for him, man. You could just see it in him. You know what I mean? You could just see his energy fading over the course of those of, of those losses and how difficult it was for him to cope with. And then he comes back and he gets the win and then, you know, he has to deal with COVID and he has these long-term issues from COVID and he has injuries and he has I mean, just all kinds of stuff going on. And so, you know, now he's back again and kind of wondered where his, where his head was at and what this was like for him because it just kind of felt like one of those things where, like, you've been through so much – you think you're through with it, and then you have so much to go back through again. Like, are are you done with the sport? Do you hate where you stand? Is it you know? How do you feel? And so Cody Garbrandt came and talked to us at, at the media day. Talked to us for a good half an hour. I'm not going to play the full half an hour. I'll just play the section that I talked to him. Um, but well, I mean, I'll just go ahead. This dude sounds like a different guy to me, man. I was so impressed by what I heard and uh, where it sounds like he's headed. So here's uh, here's Cody Garbrandt. Well, Cody, welcome back, man. I guess, uh, you know, in the grand scheme of things, 11 months isn't really that long, but it just seems like you went through a whole lot over the course of 11 months. So I guess right now, how does it feel to be back on a fight week getting ready to compete? Excited. I still have the same feelings that I had last June, you know, just excited and motivated and hungry to, you know, take this opportunity that I prepared so hard for, with, uh, with my team, my coaches, uh, just go out there and, and finally be here in fight week, you know, we're three, four days away from fighting. Uh, like I said, been through a lot. You know, COVID definitely took a, a toll on my body and took me away from a, a flyweight title shot. Um, you know, you know, a lot of opportunities. But, you know, um, I take it with a grain of salt. You know, I'm thankful for my health. I'm thankful to be here. Uh, it showed me a lot. You know, life is a marathon, not a sprint. So, Can you talk about the, the COVID experience, right? Because here you are, like, a phenomenal athlete in, in prime shape, you know, and we hear it's not supposed to affect people like that. What, what was it like for you knowing it's kind of like this invisible thing, right? Like, I guess an injury is probably easier to deal with. What, what the hell was this like? Yeah, you know, speaking with my coaches and uh, 
other media and UFC personnel this week. I was like, you know, it was frustrating. You know, like injuries, you you know, you can kind of have a timeline of, all right, you're four to six weeks out from, you know, getting back to stuff. Like I didn't know with COVID, you know, I didn't know. Like it was basically by day that what I, my body strain could do, what what else happened. You know, I was on blood thinners, I had pneumonia, I had um, vertigo. Vertigo was, was horrible. Um, and the blood clots as well. I was on blood thinners, like I said, for like four months. So like I said, like it's almost easier to have an injury than having COVID. Uh, and I always took COVID serious. You know, if I, you know, obviously people are dying from it. But like I said, I'm, I take care of myself. I'm healthy. I, you know, I rest, I recover, I eat well, I'm very well conditioned. I thought that if I had it, it'd be like a flu bug kind of. Man, it <laughs> it was not a flu bug for me. It was, it was, it was intense. But um, you know, I think everything happens for a reason. You know, there's maybe there's a reason why things were removed from my life. Let me focus on other things. And like I said, just 11 months of just it wasn't like I was sitting on the couch. You know, laid up, I was training, I was doing things that I couldn't do. Um, if I wasn't able to do martial arts, then I was, you know, jumping on the cycling bike, riding, you know, 50 to 100 miles a day, you know, getting the conditioning up. So I was able to, you know, really, really expand my cardiovascular, um, you know, load, you know, through that. So I was always training. Like, I felt like I never missed a beat when I came right back to the gym. Um, everything felt good. The movement, the speed, the power, the vision. You know, I just feel like this is the most complete martial art, martial artist that I'll be stepping inside this cage on Saturday. That's awesome. So it sounds like you you try to you know keep things as positive as possible. I just wondered like what this time was like for you mentally because you know you think about the setbacks you had and then you get the great comeback and yeah. everything's going good again. Now it's like how much do I have to go through in life? Like how much do I have to deal? With? I mean, was there any time during this stretch that you got down? Like why do I have the worst luck ever? Balance, you know, just figuring out balance in life, yeah, with career, life, you know life throws things at you like all of us you know we're going through this pandemic and people are losing loved ones and losing jobs and you know i just was counting my blessings you know i had a my my son's healthy you know i still have a roof over my head i have a job that's you know will be back will be there when i'm healthy you know and a lot of opportunity you know it could be worse i could be coming off a knockout loss or a loss and then have to deal with that shit again you know what i mean i i was like eh, well i've been been through worse i could say you know a three fight uh skid is uh you know this is pretty bad to come over, but, um, you know, I think that learning and growing process of going through that in my career and my life and where I was at, um, helped me just, you know, mentally to understand and cope with it, not get myself down about, you know, losing opportunity to fight for a world title. Cause it's right there. I'm, I'm right there. I just gotta stay focused and stay hungry and get healthy first off. And those opportunities were present itself. I'm on the right path. I kept telling myself, I'm on the right path. I'm doing what I need to do. I'm showing up every day, and, you know, putting those small deposits in for the big deposit on Saturday. Speaking like a mature man, is yeah. like you're growing up at this yeah, point. I'm about to be 30, man. <laughs> I got some white, white hairs in my beard and shit. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, talk about watching the title fight that you were supposed to be in, right? What was that experience like for you? Yeah, you know what? That was actually. Uh, a cool experience to watch, you know what I mean? You got to see those guys and, you know, Davison was, showed a lot of holes and Moreno showed a lot of, you know, things that exploited his weaknesses. You know, the wrestling, uh, I think the strikes on the brakes with the figures having his hands down was a huge um, thing. And pre pressure on that wrestling, you know, the takedowns, um, obviously the, the low blow. I, I called that. I said it was going to be a majority draw because of that. 
Um, I think that if Moreno had, you know, more pop in his punch, he could, you know, get Davison hurt and take him out. And I think if Davison didn't cut as much weight, you know, wasn't as fatigued, you know, in those rounds, he could have, you know, had more, you know, pop on his punch to take Moreno out. Nonetheless, it was a great fight. I'm excited to, you know, hopefully, you know, have an entanglement with one of those guys in the future. Uh, but first and foremost, we're focused on Rob. Uh, it's a great opportunity for me in my career uh, to showcase, you know, my skills against Rob. Yeah. So I was going to ask you about that. I mean, uh, 35 now, which I think you had said, look, I'll go to 25 for a title, but I don't really do it for non-title. But is that still the, the path? Like, hey, I'll take 35 as long as you need me to, but really I want that 25 title? I'm looking at being, you know, two-time weight division champion. You know, that, that's my goals. Um, so whatever comes first, I know we have kind of a little circus act up front with Aljamain and, and, and Jan. You know, they have to run that back. Aljamain just had neck surgery, so that's going to be prolonged for a little bit. I feel like this fight right here is a title eliminator. So, you know, I, you know, finish Rob on Saturday. I have options. I have options to go at Bantamweight, be next in line for that. It works out perfectly for me. It's, it's, it's you know, you look back in November and reason COVID and things were taken away from my life, but it set me up for better and more opportunities. Um, you know, I stayed on the path, stayed focused and, and stayed driven. Um, so I know I win this fight Saturday. I can have next in line for a Bantamweight title shot, you know, and Figgy and them fight a few weeks after me. Uh, I was already training for a five round fight. They were training for a five round fight. Hopefully none of us get injured in there. We come out on skate and we can make that fight happen, you know, sooner than later. Um, and that's, that's in a perfect world, but you know, a lot of things kind of fall into place with that. Yeah, but hey, you could conceivably end the year as a, as a two division champion. Could possibly, you know, you know, could possibly. All right. Talk about the matchup with Rob, as you said, title eliminator. I mean, he's here for a reason, right? Um, what do you think of his skill set and what he brings to the table? You know, I, f I feel like, you know, being top five in, in the world, you're, you're skilled, you're tough, you know, you're talented, um, you deserve to be there, you know, you worked your way up there. Um, I just feel like he's never been in a high prolific fight, you know, he's never been in a main event exposure, never been in a five round fight. I have, I feel like he has a lot of boxes that need to be checked personally for him and I was in that position years ago and, um, you know, you have to just rise to the occasion. So. We'll see how bad Rob wants this fight, how bad Rob wants to stay at the top of the division because I know this is where I belong. Um, you know, I've, I've been at the top, been a world champion, fell back down, picked myself up numerous times and, you know, dusted myself off and, and continued to climb up to where I'm at now. And, you know, it's... Uh, you know, it's a lot. It's a lot being in the main event in a high prolific fight, and you're facing Cody Garbrandt. You know, you're not facing, you know, Marlon Moraes. You're not facing a Ricky Simone. You're not facing a Sergio Pettis. You're fighting, facing a hungry Cody Garbrandt that's ready to get back to his throne. I like it. Last thing for me, I mean, uh, I don't think I've ever seen you in a boring fight, so I don't think that's a concern. But do you feel like, you know, you're going out there because of all things that are on the table, right, all the options, do you feel like you got to go out there and, like, prove something or do something special, or is that just kind of what happens when you're executing? You know, honestly, I feel like I've proved myself time and time again, you know, and it's always good to remind people, you know, who you are. And uh, so however the fight presents itself, you know, whatever Rob wants to bring out and do, um, you know, my preparation for this fight camp was very uncomfortable because I know what it's like to be in a 25-minute fight and pushing the pace, you know. So I put myself in uncomfortable positions inside a training camp, this whole camp, um, things I didn't want to do, things I got back to, got back to the roots of, you know, what made me who I am today and uh, just had a great camp. I mean, I couldn't be more thankful for 
the camp and how it fell into place and just um, the game plan that we have and the preparation. I mean, the preparation was second to none. I don't think that um, I can look back on a fight to see that I trained this hard or smart and physically, emotionally, and mentally prepared myself to go in there and if needed to be a 25-minute, you know, pace that my adversary and Rob Font will not be able to withstand. So there he is, no love, Cody Garbrandt. Uh, if you want to go back and check out the uh, the full video that is on our YouTube channel, uh, Cole Coffee got in there. Got you got some uh, dog breeding questions for him. Mm. Got some uh, talk to your fellow your fellow Buckeye. Not 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 an Ohio State Buckeye, but an Ohio, but he's an Ohio guy. guy. He's an Ohio guy. He's an Ohio guy. So I know that uh, he, little beard talk. He lit he lit up when you start talking. He's like my guy, my guy. Had a little beard talk there. <laughs> he loves talking with his fellow Ohio guy. Um, listen. Again, you know, uh, we sat here a week ago and talked about how great Tony Ferguson sounded, and obviously Tony Ferguson didn't look fantastic when he went out there. So I guess you can't read in too much necessarily to, you know, you still got to go out there and execute at the end of the day. But I, I, I liked what I heard, and I picked Rob Font going into this fight just thinking that, you know, um, I mean, look, Rob Font's the guy on, on the way up, and, I, and crushing it. I wasn't sure it. where Cody Garbrandt stood, especially after, you know, everything that he's battled through. Um, but Cody Cody Garbrandt has me has me questioning my pick and wondering if I was a little mm. a little a little too quick to write him off a little too quick to say wait till he sees your picks and he's gonna go right back to hating you again <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like who's this oh Ken Hap is that the Ohio guy oh okay I think yeah, you just I, like I think he, I think you just forgot that he hated me basically no. <laughs> not till he sees that pick again he's like see see Cody I didn't leave your side. I actually kind of homered because he's a wild guy. <laughs> of course you did. Of course you did. No, I mean, listen, I, I think it's a fantastic match. I'm excited for the main event. It's a big moment for, for, for Cody Garbrandt. But I got to say, man, just seems like a dude that's that's got his head in a lot better place right now, that's balanced out everything in his life. And um, we'll see if that translates to the cage, man. It's it's a big main event. Yeah, it was a great in, it was a great interview. I mean, it, was, it was completely different. I love the fact that, I mean, like, you know, he had said before, he wasn't a big fan of doing media stuff. So for him to come in so – not clear-headed, it's not the right thing, but I think just repurposed, uh, you know, dealing with... This was a guy that, uh, by all sounds of it, was one of the worst hit by COVID yes. as opposed to some of the others that we've seen. Um, it very much was not like the flu, as he said. Other than maybe um, Hamzat. Yeah, yeah, he was another one. That seems one. like two of the probably the worst cases that we've yeah. heard of. And and it's just crazy because these are guys that were completely uber fit that you know, we're completely crushed by it, you know, but just seeing the way that fatherhood dealing with, you know, I'm doing the finger air, air, air quote, life and death, because it was life or death, you know, COVID is a real deal. And, you know, and he had to deal with that shit and people have died from it. Um, dealing with the life or death matter. And then he's just, he's so refocused. And the fact that he was pleasantly pleased to be, you could tell he enjoyed it. And I was like, wow, his head's in a completely different space. And if his, training and everything has uh been as good as he made it sound I'm, i feel pretty good about uh picking him yeah about homering for him <laughs> the ohio guy um because he, he's got dynamites in his hand but this is another matchup that kind of reminds me in a little bit in a sense but not to the degree of uh Oliveira and chandler you got the shorter stocky guy you got the taller lankier guy with a longer reach 
that has good striking. But with Oliveira, you know, you had to worry about his ground game. Nobody was expecting his his striking. Rob, you know it's about his, his striking. So it should be interesting to see uh, that particular matchup. But I got to get some wins, man. I got to catch up to you. You're, you're crushing it there at the top. Uh, no, I can't. I, well, ever since I decided to toot my own horn on here, which I had kind of stood yeah. against for a long time, you're still, you're still I'm tied, still at the top, but Danny Segura has tied me. So. Yeah. Uh, let's hope we get a rebound. So I'm no longer saying anything. Well, now, see, I'm here talking about my picks. When I said I, I never talk about my picks. At least what <laughs> I talk about my picks. I, about so I, I never talk up. about the standings. And the first time I ever yeah. mentioned the standings, I go on a cold streak. So uh, we'll see how it plays out there. I'm, I'm very, very intrigued by this main event. By the way, uh, earlier start time, too, man. I like that as well. Uh, w- uh, 1 p.m. local for the prelims, 4 p.m. local. That's 7 p.m. Wow. Eastern for the main card. So uh, I like it. You know, uh, if it's not a big pay per view. Let's get out early on the night. That yeah, way, that way we can get early. right to that and a half episode. You know what I mean? We don't have to wait around yeah, all night. Yeah, and, and I hear there's karaoke at a new bar here in town that Hot Tea likes. Oh, look at you guys. Y'all are going to go do karaoke, I go while, do karaoke. I re- while I record a podcast. Well, you can do karaoke there. Or podcast podcast there. from the karaoke bar? Yeah. Hmm. And a half from the karaoke bar? <laughs> that might be interesting. All right. I might go out on that. Hey, listen. We can go out again. It's amazing. All right. Carlos Barza versus Yan Janan in the co-main event. Uh, number one contender fight. Clear as day for me. Winner of this one is going to get Rose Nami Yunus. So, uh, big stakes on the line here. Uh, it's a striker versus grappler type battle. Yan Janan um, is very good on the feet. Has Decent defensive wrestling, though. Carlos Spars is going to have her work cut out for her, but uh, Carlos Spars, of course, does have the the win over Rose way back in the in the way Ultimate in the Fighter day. days. Um, the first she that's was it the, to win the title. So the um, so interesting history there, but uh, not an easy task to say the least. That's, that's a big one. And then comes my fight that I wondered why is this on the main card? I'm not <laughs> I, not that I hate it, but why is this on the main card? And that is big boys. Justin Taffa versus Jared Vandera, uh, Vandera, I should say. And I, I, again, I, 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 big boys, heavyweights, banger. I got that part of it. I was like, well, somebody's probably going to sleep here. But I was like, why is this on the main card? And then we sat down and talked to him. And now it might be one of my most anticipated fights of the night just because uh, I already knew about Justin, what a character he was. But I didn't know how much of a character Jared was. Now let me just say, not that we're always the most – Safe for work podcast. Uh, not that we're always the Have most. We ever been? That's what I'm saying. Not that we're always <laughs> the most like. I put it as, hey, as explicit on. Oh iPod, no, we don't. I, 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 I mean, iTunes. look. <laughs> I, I feel like we put the explicit as kind of a just hey, FYI. Yeah, me. yeah. You know, I, I don't feel like we're out here like you safe know, for work, right? You know, I, but I don't feel like we're coming out here like a like a two live crew song or something. You know what I mean? I just every now and then, if I need mm, to drop an F bomb. <laughs> Me so horny. <laughs> I mean, that was just cussing for the sake of cussing. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? I, re- you know, thirteen-year-old me remembers just, just being, like, wow, this is amazing. You know what I mean? But it was I just cussing. Cuss. It was just cussing for the sake of cussing. You know, sometimes if I need to drop an f bomb to accentuate my point, I, I want to be able to do that. Uh, you got that damn me so horny song stuck uh, in my head. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are going to the karaoke bar on Saturday. So hey! like, oh, I would record that for the road show so much if oh. you would bust that out. I'd have to have hot tea up there for that one because I have to have a dance partner. I gotta, I gotta, whoa, I gotta whoa, grind whoa, on somebody. Whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> this is okay. Remember when I talked about that we're kind of a not safe for work podcast? All right, it's moments what? like this. It's not. Okay. There's nothing wrong with it. I set all that up to say that Jared 
is incredibly not safe for work. He's funny. Uh, but he is funny, hilarious. Dude. This dude is a character. So uh, if you haven't heard from Jared Vandera before and you weren't, and you were like me going, why is this on the main card? Uh, listen to this and see if it doesn't hype you up a little bit. Jared, welcome back. Um, obviously the debut probably didn't go exactly as you had planned. Uh, what, what, what did you take out of that? Don't look up. I was like, ooh, look at pretty lights. I'm like, ooh, there's some over there. Oh, hey, why does my face hurt? Oh, shit, I'm getting hit. I'm in a fight. So that did not go as planned. Uh, the UFC jitters was the kind of a real thing. Uh, so hopefully this time, you know, if I'm looking at the lights, it's because maybe I'm, you know, elbow deep into a guillotine. I'm like, hey, cool. Maybe these lights will get brighter after I put him asleep or something. So, you know, you talk about the octagon jitters. Obviously, we hear about it all the time. So, how, how did it affect you specifically? Was it just like difficult to focus in the moment, or was it an adrenaline dump, or what, what was it? I, it was weird. Okay, so I, I have had what 16 fights, and uh, my amateur career is very extensive. I've actually have like closer to like 30 some somewhat amateur fights. I have never looked at a trash can and like, oh my god, you are my best friend right now. Like, walking up, I was like, I'm going to throw up. I'm going to throw up. Oh, my fucking God. And then I was like, and then I went in there. I felt like my strikings were, like, like that's one thing I like to cling on is my striking. I felt like my striking was there, like, pop, pop, pop. And then in my head, I was just like, oh, my God. Like, we get to the ground, and I did nothing. I, I laid there. Just, you know, the mat was very comfortable, too. So, you know, UFC, stop making the mat so comfortable. Like, make it a reason for me to get up. Uh, but, no, it's just like, yeah, it, once we hit the ground, I just kind of froze and didn't rely on my jiu-jitsu or anything. I'm, I'm, I'm decent at it, I, I guess, because I have a black belt. But it clearly didn't show. So, hopefully, you know, this... This time when we hit the ground, it's, it's, it's going to be enticing, impactful. Not, not, oh, let me just lay here and hug him. Nice. Well, you did get a quick turnaround after the boogie. Was that important to you? I mean, did you, like, right after, were you hoping to get something again? Oh, I'm hoping to get something, like, next week after this fight. Like, like people don't understand. Like, everyone's like, oh, I have to be the champion as quickly as. No, I'm taking a long road because I like fighting. The reason why I have extensive amateur career is because I like punching people in the fucking face. I like kicking them. I like, you know, throwing them, choking them up. That is fun to me. So I don't care to jump to the title right now. I was like, plus, I like, I want to see what Francis does. Like, I don't want to go up there and fight him right now anyways. I want to see what he does. I think he's going to be a great champion. And I just want to take my time getting there because... Why the hell not? There's no rush to the title and what, you just make your life harder and then you have to deal with people outside of outside? I, I'm not necessarily like I'm fan friendly, but I don't like people that much. <laughs> Fair enough. So talking about this week as far is the I mean I guess you probably won't know until fight night, right? If if it, if it does feel different the second time around, but does it even feel different like at this point that you know maybe those octagon jitters are behind now it's all a lot more familiar? Yeah, no, it's uh, like it, it's weird from even from the contender series to my last fight to now, it is different. Like my contender series, I wasn't. I'm not gonna say I was treated like trash. Everyone treated me respectfully, but 
Like, they treated me like I'm below a fighter. And then when I came in, even though I tested positive, like, how I was treated was vastly different. And then this time around, or like last time, uh, my last fight, they treated me amazingly. This time, it's a lot more comfortable. Everything just seems more fluid. And I'm hoping that just kind of leads into the fight this weekend, just because the fluidity here and, like, I guess, honestly, the respect that everyone's given me and I give back, you know, it just makes it so much easier here. So I'm hoping that, you know, come fight night, same thing, different, you know, just with a win this time. Yeah, no doubt. What do you think about the matchup itself? Justin, is there anything uh, that stands out to you about him? Oh, he's a fucking lefty. I love fighting lefties. People don't get that. Like, like I'm a righty. Most righties I know, like, oh, you know, I'm going to avoid a lefty. No, I will fuck up a lefty's day. Like, that is my bread and butter. I have had, I've trained with too many lefties to not enjoy this moment. Uh, I trained with, you know, Sam Alvey and Dominic Reyes. You know, I love, you know, I love my lefties. You know, I have developed a style to beat them up, and I felt pretty good going into this camp training with them, so. Very nice. As far as, you know, the goals, obviously you want to walk away with a win, but, I mean, is it is it about maybe – Proving something to people that saw your last fight and weren't impressed, or is it about proving something to yourself that, like, yeah, you know, I, I, I don't know what happened there, but I belong here? I mean, besides a win, is there anything else you want to prove in here? Nah. If anyone wants me to prove anything, they could go fuck off, to be honest with you. I, I want to go in here and fight and win. That's all I care about. I don't need to prove shit to nobody. Most of the people that, you know, get here don't need to prove shit to nobody. I think we all have earned our stripes one way or another. And, you know, if you expect me to be like, oh, I need to show my jiu-jitsu skills off, let's say me and Toffa get into this banger of a fight. I don't need to prove anyone that I'm a black belt. I know I am. Yeah, it. And, you know, what happened that day happened that day. That's it. I can ask most of those people, like, you look at the comment section of any – UFC posts, everyone has something to say. It's like, what the fuck are you doing with your life? It's like most of these people are, you know, kids, which, you know, I, I'll, I'll, they're growing up, they're learning. But some of these adults, you know, they have to do this because they're insecure about their life and life choices, and they're just jealous of people that have busted their ass. I, I'm not a, I'm, I come from a fucking poor, you know, shitty background. I made my way here. I've, but I sacrificed everything type of thing. And I'm not one of those people that are like, oh, I have to prove it to you. No, fuck you. I was like, if you want me to prove something, I'll just beat your ass. And then you could say it to my face afterwards. I was like, the only person I got to prove anything to is Tafa. Because he thinks he could beat me, I think I could beat him. That's the only motherfucker I need to you know, show up. If he wins, he proves that he was a better man. If I win, I'm proving that I'm the better man. It's the only motherfucker I need to impress. All right, so my man ain't got mm, to prove to anybody. You know what I'm saying? But he's a, I, he's a character. He's a character. But I don't want the new shine on Jared to take away from the shine that we already had for Justin Taffa because bad man... Uh, I, I like his vibe as well, man. I, I, I really uh, enjoy hearing from him as well. So let's hear a, a few minutes from Justin Taffa as well. Justin, obviously a 
close one last time out, man. Well, uh, came up a little bit short on that one. What, what, what did you think, take out of that fight? Man, you know, um, I was pretty proud after that fight because that second round, I, I couldn't really see out of my eyes and um, faced a lot of adversity and to, to come, come back in the later rounds and, and provide that kind of fight for the crowd. You, just, you, you can't be sad, you know? Yeah, I was going to say, if, if you, I mean, you want to win every time, right? But if you can be known as that type of fighter that, like, to go out there for heavyweights to bang it out like that, that's got to be something to be pretty proud of. Yeah, you know, like that first round, I was dusting him up. But in my head, I'm like, fuck, I need that bonus. So I was like, you know what? I know he likes to, to throw. I'm going to throw and we'll, we'll put on this, this crazy show. Very nice. Got the pretty quick turnaround as well, right? Was that important to you? I mean, I only got to fight once last year. So was it, like, important to, to get a quick turnaround and get back into it? Yeah, 100%. You know, like, uh, especially after that kind of decision, man, it, it just it itches at you. So I wanted to get in a shed as, you know, as, as, as soon as possible and get that dub back. Did you need time to, like, rest and heal up at all? I mean, that was quite the battle. No, no, man. I felt good, you know, like. I had a bit of a, a tooth infection before, and that's what kind of blew my cheek up, man. So my cheek was, was swollen the whole week, if, if, if you had seen clearly. And then getting punched, I thought, oh, you know, the adrenaline will kick in. I won't feel it. Man, punched me in the cheek, and then my whole ear was aching. I was like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, nah, that's not going to work. <laughs> was that distracting during the fight? I mean, to be feeling like that kind of pain during the middle of the fight? I was kind of good. It kicked that adrenaline out. You know, that adrenaline rush that you get in the beginning of the fight? I was like, damn, fuck, that was painful, man. Like, <laughs> That's great. So did you get? A, did you have to get a tooth removed or something? Or? Yeah, I got a three um, root canals. Painful. It was more painful than the fight. Far out. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, all right, fighting here in the United States. Uh, different experience at all than, than fighting in Fight Island? I mean, does it make it any better? Or does the travel any easier? Man, I just got in yesterday, so after two, 22 hours of flying. So, I, man, I'm, I'm pretty tired right now, to be honest. Um, Usually you get a few more days to adjust to the weather and the, and the time, but man, I love to fight and I, I don't really care. I'll fight anywhere. That's crazy. Was it was it scheduled that way, or were there complications? Or yeah, what? yeah. No, that, that's just the way it went. I was like, damn, you're giving me a, <laughs> a thin timeline to adjust to this 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 time difference. But man, if you dwell on it, you know it was, it'll affect you. So you just you just roll with it. Just a lot of coffee before the fight, basically. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, Jared, uh, do, do you know much about him? When they gave you that name, and obviously he's kind of new to the organization, did, did, did you know anything about him? No, not really. Uh, they just gave me a name, and I, I wanted a fight, and I said yes. You know, um, right now there's there's a lot of up-and-comers in the heavyweight division that, that are ducking these kind of fights. You know, they, they want to fight the old husbands that are one jab away from getting dropped. But I'm not, I'm not that kind of guy. I mean, I'll fight anyone and, and take the hard route, you know, to, to crack that top 15. That's awesome. Did you study his game at all before this, or do you, do you worry about that kind of thing? Um, I got my brother to, to, to um, waste his time watching video, and uh, I'll have a little look in that, but there wasn't much to look at. Nice. So what's the goal here? I mean, is it, if, you, if you could choose between, hey, you can go and you can get a win, but it'll be kind of boring, or... You can go get a loss, but it's going to be a, a great fight, man. It's going to be amazing. People are going to be talking about it. Which one would you take? Man, you got to risk the biscuit, eh, you know? For, for more money, man, I need to, need to buy my son some new footy boots. So I'm going there, and I'm, I'm going to put my, leave my, my whole heart there. That's awesome. It'll be a big result for you. What's, what's the plan this year? I mean, you went here. Like you said, it sounds like you're willing to fight just about anybody, right? So, I mean, is the goal just to, to go as much as possible? Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, like... um. I'm not chasing that, that nice record or anything. This is the beauty of MMA, especially in the UFC. If you win, you fight the better guys. And 
if you keep winning, you fight, you keep fighting better guys. There's, there's none of those padding records or, or whatnot. I'm here. I hopefully can get two more fights. You know, God willing, if I win this fight and come injury free, I want two more fights for the year and, and be knocking on that top 15. Those footy boots aren't cheap, right? You got it. Oh man, my son wants all those fancy, colorful ones. I'm just like, bro, go run in some jandals. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Right, so last thing for me. I mean, like you said. High, high stakes for last time, a high standard that you set last time in terms of excitement. When you play this one out in your head, do you feel like it's going to be another exciting one like that? Or do you feel like, hey, you can go get these highlight reel finishes that you're capable of as well? Man, I know this guy's talking about standing bang, but I've seen this fight here about that life, you know. So I'm going to try to bring that excitement out of him. Whether he tries to hug me or not, I'm going to try to knock him out. Justin Toff, I always like hearing from him and uh, revealing some some pre-fight injuries. I love his honesty, man, and and I love his vibe. And uh, obviously, uh, you know, a former pupil of Mark Hunt and Cole Coffey was kind enough to reach out to Mark Hunt and get his thoughts on on Justin Toffa's interview in, in, in this in this fight. And uh, we'll just play that for you now. <laughs> Good on you. Amazing work, uh, Mark Hunt. Always willing to chime in, give us a little love. Uh, great that he'll Does always that give like you the Simon time. Head? It's so weird. He sounds like Simon Head. <laughs> I'm not sure if I got my audios mixed up there. It's it's tough, man. We got so much going on. It's hard to keep everything straight. Uh, the rest of the main card, Norma Dumont versus Felicia Spencer. Uh, Felicia Spencer, obviously a, a legitimate contender, 145 pounds. Norma Dumont stepping in on short notice. Uh, and by the way, you know, saying that she's not staying at featherweight. And which, look, she missed she missed the bantamweight limit twice, which I think is a little bit concerning. But um, but did say, look, she's living in Vegas for a year, yeah. working with the PI yeah. nonstop, and, and and hopes to drop down to 135 in a safe manner. So um, people just need to give her a break and get off her back. Boy, I think Norma Dumont found a fan this week <laughs> in Cole Covey. Cole Covey is ready to set up the Norma Dumont fan club. Actually, let me, let He's me, already. Let me, let me show you on the wall here. Actually. <laughs> He was excited about Norma Dumont uh, and just said, yeah, people aren't. Give her a fair shake, Give people. her a fair shake, people. <laughs> Don't just look at the fact that she's absolutely gorgeous and that she's a wonderful person and that she probably smells like heaven. <laughs> she probably cooks amazing, and I bet she's super smart and does math and all that other kind of stuff, too. And she's probably and a good does driver. math! <laughs> Like, that chick is so hot, and She's she so does hot. math. And I bet she does math. <laughs> she can figure out like that math stuff. It's so funny. Uh, we shot the we so we do the interview, four. and I was just like Quick the whole math. time I was like, I was just like I had to. I, I turned around at some point, and I was like, I don't know if you guys know about this, but Norma Demond's kind of pretty. She's she's hot. the Norma Demond fan club. Cold coffee leading it up. President. I'm sure there's already one, but I will certainly square up with whoever is now battle. <laughs> David Dvorak versus Raleigh <laughs> Paiva, a, uh, a key lightweight or lightweight fight, flyweight, I should say, lighter weight class, flyweight. Uh, two kind of lesser known names. But I think that's going to be a banger of a fight, and it's that a, it's, be a, good. it's a meaningful one. And then it kicks off with Jack Hermanson versus Edmund Shabazian. That's a hell of a start to the main. That card. is a hell of a start to that's the main card. Now, good. what do you think about? Jack Hermanson basically admitting he's like, yeah, there's no way I'm at 100 percent for this after having COVID. I mean, if you, if you want to go back and which listen, which is to completely it, opposite, go back to the Cody interview who yeah. said that his cardio like, improved after it for all so, the work. So Jack Hermanson, by the way, I mean he is the Joker, uh, and that is because he is constantly smiling and constantly joking and constantly has that kind of kind of uh, weird uh, Nordic vibe about him. Uh, but 
He basically said, and he was like laughing as he said it, but I think he was being honest. He, he yeah. said, look, I got COVID because I was just like, look, this fight got moved a week. Was that kind of annoying? And he was like, no, it was annoying that me and my crew were all like really sick. And yeah. I was like, oh, you guys were really sick? Yeah. Right smack dab in the middle of camp. He was like, yeah, and you only had to move it a week. He's like, well, we actually knew earlier than that. But, yeah, it was right in the middle of the camp. And then – I was like, well, are you, are you fully healthy? He's like, yeah, you know, as much as I'm going to be. He's like, uh, right? I'm sure it's going to impact my cardio, but my cardio is so good that now it'll be probably on the level of everybody well, else. I, I was thought like, that was really so good. That was I like thought a, that was hilarious. Well, so that's what I'm saying. So it was kind of a joke, like, hey, I'm sure it's affecting me, but that just means it's going to take me down to the level of everybody else in yeah. the division. I'm just going to seem like a normal human. So I don't know if that was just pure, like, joking trash talk or if he's really just being like, Oh no no, there's no way I'm at 100, percent but uh, but I'm but I'm good. I'll make it work. I think it's a little bit of both. <laughs> I do too. And, and, uh, but the thing is, I mean, one, I think uh, he he's never seemed like uh, a fighter that would be misleading. He, he seems like he's always been very very honest and open. And I think for him to say that just kind of fell in line with him, and also just feeling the fact that he's like comfortable enough with where he's at that he didn't even feel like I needed to do it. And he kind of. I don't know. Does is that mean by putting it out there that if he does have a poor show and he's already like, well, I kind of told you already, I was, I was kind of dealing with this, um, but he, but I don't see. I mean, this kind of fight and the way that these guys fight, I mean, this is the kind of fight that you know, uh, it's not like it's long grueling. These guys are going to settle what's going to happen pretty early on. I agree. I mean, I don't, I don't think they're like, oh, I got to make sure point. I got to hold on to the end of the third round. I got to make sure I hold sure. it. And it's only three. It's not five. These dudes are going to go out there fucking throwing down. And I mean, it could, it can get solved really, really quickly in the first round. I mean, I don't. Both these guys are tough enough that where you know they could take good shots and make it to the second and go into the third. But uh, I don't anticipate you know needing these either one of these guys need to worry about cardio. The fact that it's three round and both of them. I mean, both of these guys can handle, if it was, uh, a longer fight, and especially Jack. I mean, I'm not too worried about it. So the fact that he was joking about it, it's kind of funny because it made me feel good that these guys, like, everybody seemed to be enjoying themselves at the media day. So I think it was like we're, we were getting answers from fighters that were very comfortable, at ease. It wasn't very – it certainly wasn't a very frightening media day because there's only a, a handful of us in there. So I Four think, of us, <laughs> to be exact. Yeah, I think, I think they were in there, years. and they were just having a good time, you know, so – Looking at Jack's style, I mean, uh, I thought it was funny how he put the spin. Like now he's now he's going to seem like a normal human being as opposed to a superhero. Um, but I, I I wouldn't envision that the with the fight with three rounds we, they'll have to worry about it because both these guys are going to go out and I wouldn't be surprised if we get a, a round one finish from one of these two and it can happen either way. Could definitely happen either, happen way. either way. I think it's going to be a good main card. Look, the prelims, some some solid names on here for the prelims. If you got your Saturday off and you got time to catch the whole card, uh, this is one I'd say do it, man. Bill Algio versus uh, Hikardo Hamos. Uh, the rescheduled fight there is the featured prelim. Uh, Chris Barnett, if you've seen him on the regional scene, making his way to USC to take on Big Ben Rothwell. That's another reschedule as well. Court McGee versus Claudio Silva is on there. Victor Rodriguez versus Bruno Silva. Josh Kulabao versus the new uh, Chinese empire, Elon Shah. Tamir Hadjavik versus Yancey Medeiros. Always love uh, seeing Yancey compete. Yeah. Tamir Hadjavik, no joke there. And then Rafael Alves versus Tamir Ishmagulov. Uh, that's going to be an absolute banger to kick things off as well, man. And I, that, that was one that I was – I was – you know, and, and again, I, we were kind of joking. Well, I wasn't joking. <laughs> when I, Justin Taffa and Jared Vandera, as much as I like him, I you know, I was kind of wondering about the placement when I did look down the list at names like Rothwell, you know, yep. McGee and Silva, that heavyweight Yancey Medeiros. Yeah. But the one that really tripped me out 
is Owls and Ismagula kicking things off, man. I'm telling you, I think I think that has the potential to be a really, really good fight. And uh, I was surprised to see that one there. So a good car. We'll have it fully covered for you, of course, at MMA Junkie. So stick with MMA Junkie. We'll have the full coverage there. And, of course, and a half over at Patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow. Did want to mention Bellator real quick. Of course, most people will be listening to the show on a Friday, so it'll be Friday night. Uh, our man Nolan King is out there in the fight sphere. By the way, Bellator about to bring fans back in the building back in June. Yes, Big they are. moment for them. Chris yes. Cyborg versus Leslie Smith, a rematch in the main event. Uh, I mean, listen, we all like Leslie Smith, but I just don't pick against Chris Cyborg. Man, I, I, it, you know, I did pick Amanda Nunes over her, but that's literally the only female fighter on the planet. I, I might pick Kayla Harrison over her. Maybe. Over Maybe. Who? Over Cyborg. Oh, yeah. Maybe. I think I would. It's interesting. She could get caught on the feet too, but uh, there's not many. Ba- based on what I'm saying, is Chris Cyborg is you know one of the top of all time. Uh, Still, just a beast. She is an absolute beast. It's a tough matchup. Listen, the, the one that really stands out to me, Fabian Edwards versus Austin Vanderford. That is a a quality quality matchup. No disrespect to Darren Caldwell and Leandro Higo as well. That's a great matchup as well. But Fabian Edwards versus Austin Vanderford. Uh, that's the one that stands out to me as both uh, meaningful and obviously some some very very notable names there as well. Yeah. Uh, Julia Willis is on there. Uh, Valerie Lareda got bumped up to the main card against uh, against Hannah Guy because, and I was a little disappointed to see this, Christian Edwards, who's a top 205-pound prospect, um, was ruled medically ineligible. So I'm kind of curious to find out what the fallout from all this is. We don't know all the details yet. He made weight. He was actually underweight. Um, and this is the guy that's you know kind of been touted as the longtime training partner of John Jones. Um, and, and, you know, we've always talked about how Bellator struggles to get people to take that step up to the next level, right? They've done a great job of developing people, but he was going to be on the main card at, at just 5-0 and in his career, and I think this was going to be an opportunity for him to kind of break out a little bit. Um, it didn't happen, so... Um, they just only said medical? They just only said he wasn't medically cleared, so I'm, I'm, I'm just... Fingers crossed it's not something that's, you know... I mean, knock on wood, I don't even want to say it, but, you know, when somebody makes weight, didn't look bad to me on the scale... You start wondering, you know, was there something in the medicals that came back that's concerning, you know? And I'm just, I'm just hoping it's not anything that might impact them long term. Um, prelims are interesting, you know. You got Brett Johns on there early in the prelims. It's, it's kind of funny because a lot of people look at the card and they say, you know, why are you putting, you know, people like uh, Alfie Davis and Alexander Chablis, uh, who a lot of people believe is is an incredibly top prospect, Brett Johns and Danny Sabatello, Janae, Janae Harding, Liam McCourt. You know, why are you putting them on the early prelims? But it's because I think it's actually pretty smart. They're trying to cater to the U.K., European yep. audience and, and putting those European fighters on early in the card so they can draw in an audience over there, you know, closer to prime time instead of 3, 4 o'clock in the morning. So, um, listen, we've been saying it for a while, but it is the truth. There was a time when you just didn't even really need to pay attention to the Bellator prelims. I think those times. Yeah, they're gone. They're gone, man. This this card, it's a really, really good card. And it's funny because this is the first time I'm really, like, looking down on the um, on their fight, the, the fight card. It's a good lineup. It's fucking stacked. I mean, outside of the fact that Nolan King on SBC uh, – prompted to say like the the first fight of the night was the fight you guys need to pay attention to so that obviously is saying something right there and nolan is the king or the mayor the mayor of the fight the sphere. mayor of the fight sphere so if he's saying that you know that's obviously saying something but yeah i mean bellator's been fucking crushing it and they got some of the hottest fucking female fighters anyways but this <laughs> card is pretty fucking stacked man it is it is fun man like bellator i mean I think we watch MMA for different reasons. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean, obviously watch for the fights, but you got to, you know, if you're going to keep watching fights nonstop every week, you know, it's fun to just be 
intrigued, you know, and find other reasons. Well, speaking of watching fights for different reasons, <laughs> Invicta on Access TV. Oh, let me tell you about Invicta. Oh, uh, but yeah, just by the way, shout out to Invicta uh, making their first foray off of USC Fight Pass yes. uh, in several years. They'll be on Access TV, but um, they are live and free on YouTube as well, so you can watch the whole thing. If you don't have I access, that. I didn't hear about it until this week either, and so it's, it's an interesting move. Um, because Access TV, and I think that was a big concern, right? Invicta left Fight Pass, and I was like, "What's going on there?" It's because people are like, "Where the fuck can I watch Access?" Well, that's well, that's <laughs> the thing. So they left Fight Pass, and I was like, "Okay, well, what's going on with Invicta?" And they land on Access TV, and of course, you know, we that channel that nobody has. Well, that's it. We've worked with Access TV for a long time, and there's been some great people that have come through Access TV over the years. You know, Andrew Simon, chief among them. Yeah, is he even still with them? No, no, I, he, I no he's, say, he's not with them anymore. Gone. No, Sean Graben, their PR guy. They you know that used to help us out a ton. He's gone as well. So I mean, a lot of the people that we worked with aren't there anymore. Um, but so you know, but Access TV has been good to MMA Junkie over the years. But they went to Access TV, and exactly what you said, just a lot of people were like, "Is this really a move in the right it? direction?" Yeah. Like, I understand that you're on TV, but if you're on TV that nobody can, no, nobody get, can get, you know, is that a good thing? But they're going to show the whole card on YouTube as well, so literally anybody can get it around the world. So leads me to believe that. Um, I don't know. I guess they are seeing the big picture that they can't yeah. just park it on Access TV and hope for the best. So, uh, so Invicta's back. LFA uh, is on Fight Pass. So, I mean, Friday night we got Bellator, Invicta, LFA. Saturday uh, we got the UFC, and then of course so next week. By the way, so much. No UFC event next week, but I'm just gonna go ahead and mark it on your calendars now, guys. Uh -oh. Cage Fury Fighting Championships. Is that CFFC a 96 on, is that on a Friday thing? night. Oh, it's a great thing. <laughs> Got a fantastic commentary team of oh, yeah, John that's a, that's Morgan a, oh. and CM Punk. I've heard of the CM Punk guy. Who's this? Who's this yeah, I'm telling guy? you. <laughs> CFFC 96-97 next week in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. We'll talk about that next week, of course. But if you want to go ahead and just pencil it in on your calendars now, it's something <laughs> you need to watch. Uh, that's all I got. Anything that's else? a lot of shit for this week. That's, that's a lot of fights. That's it's a lot of fights. That's how we do. It's a great time to be an MMA fan. It is. Now let's have some frosty beverages. Enjoy the rest of this windy Sunday. Did I tell people about Norman Dumont? Did I did I did I, I tell people about Norman Dumont? You know what? Uh, head on over to the Norman Dumont fan club. Uh, <laughs> it will now have a banner on the MMA Roadshow to the <laughs> uh, the Norma Dumont fan club. Oh, let's hope she makes weight tomorrow morning. Oh, don't jinx that. If she misses featherweight. That would be bad. That would be bad. But the fan club will still roll on. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll have it all covered for you. MMA Junkie, <laughs> patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow. Thanks for listening.